Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Hands up if your inbox is to the brim with Black Friday offers right now. I've had all of the get 20% off pre-Black Friday and here's it Black Friday is now here and there's just been so many. Honestly, feels like every day I'm getting a new email about the Black Friday sales. Like pretty much everyone, I am being absolutely bombarded with Black Friday offers at the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure that Cotton On are in more regular contact with me than my own family. Today is the day we're supposedly given the opportunity to grab a once a year's super bargain with offers from retailers far and wide. But have you considered just how ethical those bargains are? Today, we look at how we can be a conscientious consumer while also nabbing the best buys. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Today is Black Friday, a tradition that started in the United States with their big sales starting the day after Thanksgiving, which is held on the fourth Thursday of November. It's not 100% clear why Thanksgiving holidays on a Thursday, other than the day may hold some special meaning for the Puritan colonists of New England who held Thursday afternoon religious lectures. Despite pleas throughout history to change Thanksgiving to a Friday so Americans can relax into the weekend rather than go back to work the next day, the tradition remains. As for Black Friday, that started in Philadelphia. In the 1950s, the day after Thanksgiving, thousands of suburban shoppers and tourists would flood into the city ahead of the big Army-Navy football game that would be held on the Saturday. Police started referring to the day as Black Friday because none of them could take a day off due to the increased crowds. They'd have to work extra long shifts to deal with the traffic and shoplifters would be out in force to take advantage of the chaos in stores across the city. By 1961, it had become a tradition for shoppers to hit the stores before the big game, retailers trying to change the name to Big Friday to rid themselves of the negative reference to overworked police officers. But Black Friday stuck, and it's still called that to this day. The term itself, though, wasn't widespread in the US until sometime in the late 1980s, with retailers attempting to change the narrative by branding the black reference as the day that American stores turned a profit or got back in the black, even though that wasn't strictly true and they did a bigger trade on the Saturday before Christmas. But this time, the story stuck and the darker origin of the term Black Friday has been somewhat forgotten. Now, the event has not just gone nationwide in the US, but worldwide and encompasses a four-day shopping bonanza that also includes Cyber Monday. 
The US is also now outspent by Brazil and France in the one-day sale, America and Germany tying for third in revenue generated. Here in Australia, its popularity has increased significantly over the last decade, marking the unofficial start of the Christmas shopping period. Australia ranked equal 17th for overall Black Friday search volume online in 2019, an increase of 22% on the year before and 309% since 2014. Australian-owned online electronics retailer Kogan reported their 2019 Black Friday sales had increased by 80% on 2018, their revenue almost doubling year-on-year. Jerry Harvey, co-founder of Harvey Norman, says they invested advertising dollars in the Black Friday concept last year and confirmed the weekend had gone mad, saying Friday was good, Saturday was better and Sunday was sensational. Amazon Australia said their 2019 Black Friday sales was the largest shopping day the retailer had seen since their launch in 2017. And National Australia Bank said Australians spent somewhere around $2.9 billion in that weekend alone. I can't wait for the Black Friday sale for bed threads because I am obsessed with linen sheets. I actually have fallen to some of these sales. I have bought a few a few dresses. In the Black Friday sales, my housemate got a Dyson vacuum cleaner. It was $400 instead of $600. And safe to say, everyone who lives with him is feeling pretty excited. So while the excitement around the Black Friday movement grows and our consumption over this weekend increases, are we sure we're also buying with the planet and its population in mind? I didn't really think about whether they were ethically sourced. I was more just trying to stock up my wardrobe. A report released this week by Oxfam shows some of Australia's best-known fashion brands are making it difficult for workers in places like Bangladesh, where they're ordering either too much stock or too little, which then translates into workers being pushed into excessive overtime or drops the wages of those who are already being paid very little. The report names Just Group, who own brands like Just Jeans, Peter Alexander and Dottie, and Mosaic Brands, who have stores like Rockman's, Rivers and Crossroads, as the worst offenders, placing orders but then putting them on hold as they try to figure out what the sales demands might be. Factories are then forced to take orders at below cost, but still expected to deliver goods that meet the minimum standards. So what role are we playing in all of this? And how do we figure out what we can do to make sure we're not supporting an unethical supply chain? Chantelle Mayo is the Baptist World Aid Project Manager for Advocacy. Chantelle, how much of an impact does our choice at the checkout actually have on people at the start of the supply chain? Consumer choices can have the power to have a large impact on the well-being of workers in the supply chain. In fact, consumer attitudes changing over the past couple of decades has really been a catalyst for companies changing their practices and embedding more ethical sourcing practices in their supply chains. So, for example, we've been releasing the Ethical Fashion Report for the past eight years. And in that time, every single year that we've encouraged consumers to advocate to brands, to tell them that they care about how the workers that are producing their clothes are treated. We've seen areas like transparency from companies as to where their clothing is being made increase. And we've seen companies do more to improve the environmental sustainability of their clothing. We've seen improvements in the way in which they assess uh, their supply chains for risk and then act to mitigate that risk in a fashion supply chain. So when a consumer goes into a store and they hold a t-shirt in their hands and they think, what was the impact of the manufacturing of this t-shirt on the worker who 
who picked the cotton, who spun the fabric, who dyed the fabric, and then who sewed it into the garment that I'm now holding in my hands. When we factor in worker well-being into that purchasing choice, we're in fact sending a really, really strong message to a clothing company that the well-being of workers in a garment supply chain is an essential component of a purchasing decision. And we're seeing that having a really amazing impact on the way in which companies conduct their supply chains and the extent to which they embed ethical sourcing in who they are. If we don't have an understanding of where our goods are made and by who, what kind of practices could we potentially be supporting that we would probably hate ourselves for knowing? There are a lot of issues in the garment supply chain and and this has been for many years. So our research at Baptist World ABC really focused on the COVID fashion crisis and workers this year, because of a, a massive loss in retail sales earlier this year when we were all in lockdown and lots of countries were being hit by economic crises, we all stopped buying clothing. And the, the impact of those lost profits were really felt by garment workers. So purely in 2020 alone, garment workers were at a risk of increased worker exploitation, forced labour, losing their jobs, being put into more precarious situations, You know, having to find work in more dangerous environments even if they retain their job in the garment industry, just having to make that choice of, well, do I go into work and, and risk infection or do I stay at home and risk a loss of wages and to, and to falling back into poverty? So just looking at 2020 alone, the impact of a fashion company's practices in its supply chain has the potential to really severely impact the well-being of a garment worker. But 2020 has only really exacerbated a lot of existing issues that have existed for many, many years in garment supply chains. So work Workers regularly experience unsafe working conditions. They can experience abuse or violence in the workplace. They can experience, uh, you know, risk of discrimination. This is an industry that employs a lot of vulnerable workers. So, for example, women are employed, the uh, other majority group employed by the fashion industry. You see instances of child labour, of migrant labour. So there are a lot of people working in garment manufacturing that are already in a vulnerable circumstance. Are we more conscious of ethical purchasing now? Do we actually care? And does it does it actually influence the choices that we make when we are faced with a bargain at the end of the day? So we did some research at the end of 2019 of Australian consumers and, and their attitudes towards ethical clothing consumption. And we found that more than 80% of consumers believe that fashion companies should take a bigger role in securing the well-being and supporting workers in their garment supply chain. And just under 50% were willing to pay more for a garment that was produced ethically. So it's definitely something that we're seeing Australian consumers become much more aware of and and that's becoming a larger factor in, in the purchasing decisions that we make. I know sometimes when we do find out that some of these companies aren't doing the right thing by their supply chain, that there's a call to boycott them. But does that actually have a worse impact on those at the start of the supply chain? It's a really complex issue, isn't it? Because, of course, when you see a brand doing the wrong thing, you don't want to buy from them anymore. And and you want to teach them that lesson by by boycotting and saying, we're not going to buy from you anymore. But you're absolutely right. That really can also have a, a very detrimental impact on workers in that supply chain who already earn very little and now are at greater risk of losing their jobs and, and being pushed further into poverty or, or other exploitative situations. So what we really want to advocate to consumers is to research the brands that are doing really well and 
encouraged then to keep doing better. For the brands that you either have heard instances of them not doing the right thing or that you just can't see what they're doing, so they, they haven't been very transparent on their website, for example, about where they source from and what they're doing to protect their workers, not necessarily to boycott, but to get in touch with them and to say, you know, this is something that's important to me as a consumer. You need to be talking to us about what you're doing as a brand to make sure that the clothes that you're producing are produced by workers who are safe and secure and and respected in your supply chain. If your wardrobe is expecting a boost from this weekend's sales, but you're keen to make sure you're not supporting bad practices, there's a new resource that Baptist Aid have created to help, the first ever COVID fashion guide. Particularly around this time of year, you know, the Black Friday sales, and then we're all going to be buying gifts for Christmas. There are going to be Boxing Day sales and Cyber Monday, and there's there's a real push at this time of year, particularly to consume, consume, consume. It's all about, you know, everything's being discounted and why not get a gift for your your mom and a gift for you as well? Because the prices are so low and we really want to encourage people this year to think more consciously about what they're buying and why they're buying it. Workers really deserve to live and work with dignity and in order to thrive and lead really healthy lives, they need a really flourishing environment and our shopping decisions matter because we can make conscious decisions about where to buy from and how much to buy. And that sends a really clear message to companies about what they can do in their supply chain to support their workers and ensure their well-being. So what we've created is the COVID Fashion Guide. It's a really a toolbox that we've put together to help Australian residents to become more ethical fashion consumers. So it's designed to empower shoppers to become more thoughtful, to provide It provides insights and tips on how to take steps forward as conscious consumers. So essentially, the first thing we want to tell you is that the decision to develop a more conscious shopping habit really starts before you step foot into a store. So we want you to be thinking about it before you're actually there, you know, at the moment of decision making. So the first step we want people to do is make a decision to make some little changes in your shopping habits to make you more connected to the impact of the clothes that you purchase. And we know that those efforts won't be perfect at first, but they don't have to be. You know, every single person who makes one little change is already contributing to a massive shift in the way consumer attitudes can impact workers in garment supply chains. But once you've had to think about what you want to buy and if you need it and how much you need and and all that sort of thing, what we want you to do is think about how to make an informed choice about where to buy from. Think about what brands you'd like to support. So our COVID fashion guide will take you to the Baptist World Aid website where we've graded more than 400 popular Australian brands on how they've responded to the COVID crisis in terms of supporting their vulnerable workers in this time of crisis. So have a look through, see what brands are doing that really well, and then think about if you're able to to purchase from them. And then the third step is to do some research. So have a think about what questions you could ask brands or what you could look up on a brand website to determine whether a brand is really serious about their ethical responsibility to workers. So the COVID fashion guide really starts you off there and then it takes you into a little bit more information about the kind of research that you can do. It's not too strenuous, but it's just to make you kind of a little bit more aware of how your purchasing decision can affect some of the most vulnerable people in the fashion industry. Happy ethical shopping! That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Jacob Round and guest booking by Mel Zauer. If there's a new story you'd like us to follow up in a bit more detail, you can shoot us your story ideas via email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. 
we pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.